Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am going to be talking about the NFL Draft. And more specifically, I want to talk about this huge project I've been working on over the last couple of weeks. So over the last couple of weeks, I have been working super hard, gathering a bunch of data to create my own NFL Draft model. So I have, I have created a model uh, which attempts to use college production, and combine measurements to predict the future success of NFL draft prospects. Um, And for today's episode, I'm going to go through um, all the offensive uh, players included in my model. And my model includes prospects drafted um, all the way back, going back to the 2014 draft. Um, And that's the last 10 drafts. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of players included here, a lot of information. And in today's episode, I'm going to break down all the stats that are included in my model. Um, and I want to talk about the results of it as well as the strengths and weaknesses of my model, because my model is far from perfect. It's nowhere close to being flawless. Um, so I want to talk about things that it does well and things that it does not so well. Um, but I, I really like the results of my model. I think the results are pretty good. Um, and I think this is a very useful tool for evaluating draft prospects. And this isn't the end of the all. Um, I think this is just a tool and you have, and there's a bunch of information that you have to look at. You can't just look at the results of my model, but I do think the results are good and worth looking at. And I want to go through it. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, um, for, um, for my model, it includes prospects, uh, um, going back to the 2014 draft and it includes every prospect drafted, uh, in the first five rounds. Now, why did I choose that cutoff? Well, for the last couple of drafts, I have done manual data collection, um, from PFF's website. And over the last couple of years, I have done deep dives on prospects, um, who um, are ranked inside the top 200 on the consensus big board. And those are players who are projected to go inside the top five rounds. And so those are the, the players I have been most familiar with in recent drafts. And so I decided to make that the cutoff uh, for this model. That's why I did it. I know that's not the best way to do a draft model, but um, that's why I made the cutoff that way to make all the data, um, you know, consistent. I didn't want to have, I didn't want to have any inconsistencies. Um, and so I, it, that will have an effect on the results of this model. Uh, but there you go. That's why I made that the cutoff. Um, and you might be wondering, well, how am I predicting the success of these prospects? And here's how I'm doing it. So Pro Football Reference has a stat called approximate value. An approximate value places a single number value on each individual player season. And and that basically gives us a value of each season. And this allows us to compare players across eras. Um, It's not a perfect stat. It does have its flaws. But um, it's really the only publicly available one number metric Um, that is given to every single player at every single position. Um, And this allows us to to build an NFL draft model pretty easily. And so what my model does is it takes a player's um, final season per game stats 
and their career program stats, as well as their combine measurements, their draft age, what draft pick um, they were selected with, um, and uses all of that information, as well as how good their college offense or their college defense was. And it uses all of that information to predict um, what their approximate value would be through their, the first four seasons of their career. Now, why did I choose the first four seasons of a player's career? The reason I chose that is because that is the length of uh, NFL players' rookie contracts. Now, of course, first-round picks, they get a fifth-year option. But if you are not drafted inside the first round, you do not get that fifth-year option. And that's the reason why I chose uh, to use the um, uh, the approximate value for a player's first four seasons of their career. That's why I, I use that because every player has that. You know, we're not we're not gonna this won't be impacted by like inconsistencies here. Um, this this is very easy to make direct comparisons for every single player, and that's why I used it. Um, I think the results of the model would be a little bit better if, if I did like a, a three-year peak approximate value, but getting that data would have been really difficult, um, and I probably would have had to do it manually, um, and that would have been really, really, really hard, um, and I don't know how to code, so that would, have made, that would have made it really difficult. So I just decided to do it this way, and a lot of models that you'll see, especially from like fantasy football guys, will do it this way. Or you'll see guys have models trying to predict um, players' uh, fantasy points per game through um, their second season to their fourth season. Um, things like that. Um, but I chose, it, I chose to do it this way because this is um, the length of their rookie contract. Um, but that's how the model works. That's all the data included in it. Let's stop wasting... Um, or time, and let's go ahead and dive into these prospects. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm only going to do the offensive players um, in, in today's episode, and the next episode, I'll break down the defensive prospects, and that'll close out um, this little series breaking down my model. But let's go ahead and dive into my quarterback model. Um, and when I break down the results of my model today, I'm just looking at my draft capital model. I do have four separate models, one model that includes everything, draft capital, draft age, um, how good a player's offense was, um, their per game, their final season per game stats, their career per game stats, their, and, and their combine measurements. And then I have a model that looks at, that looks at production and combine measurements, and then I have like a production model and a combine model. But today, uh, when I look at the results, I'll just be using uh, my draft capital model. Um, and this is what the results of my model uh, look like for quarterbacks, going back to 2014. So according to my model, the best quarterback prospect over the last 10 drafts is Lamar Jackson. Um, I like this. Uh, Lamar Jackson was seen as a raw quarterback prospect coming out. Uh, but my model likes him because... He was young. He was a first-round pick. Um, he was a historically great runner at Louisville. And approximate value cares about rushing production for quarterbacks a lot, sometimes too much. That's one of the flaws with this model. Um, but, the, uh, but it cares about rushing production, so my model cares about rushing production. And that is a big reason why Lamar Jackson 
ranks at number one. Lamar was a raw passer coming out, but he had a pretty high usage at Louisville, and the rushing production was so good um, that he was able to overcome um, his raw passing production, um, and we know what he became. He became an MVP caliber player in the NFL, and he he's had an incredible start to his career. So him being at number one is great, and I like I like the fact that my model likes him when not a lot of people loved him coming out. I think that is really really cool. Now at number two we have Kyler Murray, who was a elite prospect coming out of Oklahoma in 2019. Let me get a let me get a drink real quick. My throat is starting to dry up a bit. Um, a lot of people loved Kyler Murray coming out. And my model is no different. My model likes him a lot because he is an elite passer. Or he, like coming in college, he was an elite passer, an elite runner. He was young, uh, 22 when he got drafted, and he was drafted number one overall. My quarterback model uh, depends heavily on um, draft capital. Um, so that's a big reason why Kyler Murray is at the top of this list. But but his final season uh, passing production is insane, um, and he was a strong runner, um, and he's just a great athlete, um, and so for all of these reasons, he is, uh, according to my model, one of the best quarterback prospects over the last 10 drafts. Now, at number three, here we get our first miss, and that's Johnny Menzel, who was a very good college player. He was drafted in the first round. He was 21 coming out. Um, and he, he had good passing production and rushing production. And because of all that, he ranks high in my model. Uh, but he did not work out in the NFL. Through his first four seasons, he had an approximate value of just four, which is really bad. Um, and there are a multitude of reasons why he didn't work out. One, he's not a great decision maker um, on the field and off the field, really. He had some major off the field issues. Um, which is another major reason why he didn't work out. And B, um, the offense that a and ran um, while he was there was not, you know, was not, you know, didn't allow, um, didn't translate well to the NFL. Um, and I think that Johnny Menzel relied heavily on play action passes um, and screens and, and just overall manu- a lot of his production was manufactured in college. My model doesn't you know include that kind of data um, but I think that's a, a reason why um, he didn't work out and, and, and that's one one blind spot that my model has and I think that's um, a reason why Menzel didn't work out at the next level. Uh, but a major reason why he didn't work out was off the field issues and of course, a statistical model like this is not going to pick up on that. It's just not possible. Uh, but yeah, that's the first miss from my model. At number four, we have Marcus Mariota from Oregon. He was awesome in college. He was drafted number two overall in the 2015 draft. He was 21 coming out. Um, elite uh, In college, he had elite passing production, elite rushing production. Um, he led a really, really good offense at Oregon, um, and he had a pretty strong start to his career. During his first four seasons, he had an approximate value of 43, which is really good. I know he's had a kind of a weird career, 
and a lot of people will say that he was not worth the second overall pick, but his first four years were pretty good, and I think he's had a very solid career overall. Hasn't had a great career, but has definitely had a solid career in my eyes, Um, so I wouldn't consider this a hit for my model. Um, but somewhere in between a hit and a miss. I think, I think Mariota has been very solid. Now, at number five, we have Patrick Mahomes. Um, and this is an interesting inclusion in the top five. Mahomes was seen as a raw passer coming out, and he was. Um, his passing efficiency was not great. It was pretty much average across the board, but his passing volume was great. Um, he was a young prospect coming out, just 21 years old. He was a top 10 draft pick, um, and he had solid rushing production, and he was a, a pretty good athlete coming out. Um, so you can see why he ranks inside the top five um, and not higher. I think his passing efficiency was not not quite good enough um, to be you know top three, but the fact that he's top five in this model is really, really good and, and super interesting to me. Um, I like that he's up here, and I like the fact that my model um, views, you know, these raw prospects like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson favorably. I think that is a major strength of this model. And I'll go ahead and read some some uh, some of the top names at the top of this list. At number six, my, my model likes Joe Burrow. Number seven, my model likes Baker Mayfield. Number eight, Trey Lance. Number nine, Jalen Hurts. Number 10, Deshaun Watson. Number 11, Zach Wilson. Number 12, Tua Tungavailoa. Number 13, Trevor Lawrence. Number 14, Justin Fields. And number 15, Matt Jones. So those are the top 15 quarterback prospects according to my model. And we'll look at some of the quarterbacks that are at the bottom of the list according to my model. And that's Clayton Thorson, Tom Savage, Jake Fromm, James Morgan, Mike White, C.J. Beathard, Cardell Jones, A.J. McCarron, and Nathan Peterman. Um, and none of those guys hit. Um, so shout out to my model for you know for you know being able to predict that those guys would not be good at the next level. Um, and I will say I do not have combine measurements in for the 2023 class at, at any position. Um, so I do not have uh, percentile rankings for the 2023 quarterback class. I'll have all that data included um, early April, and I will be talking about the results of my model for the 2023 class when I have the results finalized. So be on the lookout for that. All right, let's go ahead and move on to running backs. And I just got to say, I think the results of my running back model are pretty good. They are they are not bad at all. I like them a lot, and I'm excited to get into it. All right, so let's go through the list of some of the top running back prospects since 2014, according to my model. At number one, we have Saquon Barkley, which makes a ton of sense. He was a dominant player at Penn State, an elite athlete. He can catch passes. He was a super effective runner. He was drafted number two overall, and he was super young coming out. He was 21 years old when he was drafted. Um, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of flaws in his profile. Um, there are in during his final season, he wasn't a great runner, um, or he wasn't a super productive runner. But over the duration of his career, he was a pretty productive runner. 
Um, and during his final season and his college career as a whole, he was always a very good pass catcher. Um, and, and he just is a super dominant athlete, huge running back with great athleticism. And because of all this, you can see why he ranks number one in my model. Uh, next up, we have three running backs who are tied um, with a uh, prospect percentile of 98, and that's Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, Ty Gurley, um, and that's it. So those three running backs are tied with a, um, a prospect score of 98, um, and it makes sense. All those guys were super productive in college uh, while also being really good athletes. Uh, McCaffrey is up here because he was an elite pass catcher in college. Uh, Melvin Gordon was a super, super productive runner. And Ty Gurley, um, Ty Gurley was a, a great runner. Um, not as productive of a pass catcher, uh, but he was a super productive runner. And he was a, a, a pretty good athlete uh, in his own right. And he was drafted high. Um, all these guys that I, ju that I just named were all drafted uh, with top, excuse me, top 15 picks, um, and that and draft capital plays a big role or a big part of my running back model. Um, now, just out uh, next up, we have Ezekiel Elliott at, at number five. Then we got Jonathan Taylor at number six, Leonard Fournette at number seven, Davin Cook at number eight, Najee Harris at number nine, Travis Etienne at number ten. Brees Hall, number 11, Joe Mixon, number 12, Rashad Penny, number 13, Derek Henry, number 14, and Javante Williams, number 15. Um, so a solid list, um, I'd say. Not a, not a lot of misses. There are a lot of guys who don't have, um, who are, are just, it, it's too early in their career to see what their approximate value is through their first four seasons. But Jonathan Taylor has had a really strong start to his career. Um, Najee Harris has been pretty good. Uh, Travis Etienne has been solid. Brees Hall um, looked phenomenal as a rookie before getting hurt. Joe Mixon's been awesome. Um, so I think I think the list looks really great. Derek Henry has been amazing throughout his career. Um, so I think this is a really, really good list so far. And I'll scroll down and see um, who the bottom guy, or who the worst running back prospects are, according to my model. Um, and at the bottom of the list, we got TJ Logan, Jordan Scarlett, Jason Huntley, Keen uh, Wongwu, Jordan Wilkins, Snoop Connor, Ty Chandler, uh, and Cameron Artis Payne, who were all, and, and a big reason why these guys are viewed so poorly by the model, is, is because they were uh, late-round draft picks. And you might be wondering, why does draft capital uh, matter? And the reason why draft capital matters is because um, the higher uh, you go in the draft, the more likely you are to succeed. Um, and, you know, the higher, you, the higher you are picked, generally, the better you are as a prospect. You know, generally, the best prospects go higher in the draft. Um, obviously, you know, the draft isn't perfect, so that's not always the case. But in general, uh, the best prospects go at the top of the draft. So that's why draft capital ma matters. Um, and when you're trying to predict uh, a metric like approximate value, draft capital matters. And I think draft capital makes the model more precise. Um, and so that's why 
um, I, I think including in the model makes sense. Alright, now let's move on to wide receivers. Actually, before I move on to wide receivers, I do want to mention some of the inputs that matter um, in terms of like combine measurements because that's important. Um, and combine measurements matter a lot more for running backs than they do for quarterbacks. Um, and here, here are some things that my model values a lot in terms of combine measurements. That's BMI, um, height, weight, hand size, arm length. My model really cares about weight, hand size, and arm length. Weight, I think, because um, you have to be a certain weight to be able to uh, take on a lot of carries. And then hand size and arm length matters because those correlate to being a good pass catcher. And my model uh, cares about a, a, a player's ability to catch passes. Um, but my model really cares about size, um, length, um, and weight. Um, so those are some combine measurements that it cares about. All right, now we can move on to wide receivers. And before I get, get into the results of my wide receiver model, I want to talk about what my wide receiver model cares about. So my wide receiver model loves receivers who are big and agile um, and can, you know, can um, have a, a big load where they're catching a lot of passes and what I just described is a player in this very specific um, mode of receiver or archetype of receiver um, that's like, like it's almost like a big slot type, like Devontae Adams, Drake London, who we saw come out last year, uh, Cooper Cup, guys like that. That mode of receiver, my model really likes. And the mode of receiver or the archetype of receiver that my model doesn't like are these specialized deep threats like DK Metcalf, um, Jalen Hyatt coming out this year, those kind of prospects. Um, those kind of guys my model doesn't love. It doesn't love specialized deep threats. Um, and a big issue with my wide receiver model is that it doesn't love uh, receivers or it, it has a lower view of receivers who are kind of a mixture of these two archetypes that I just talked about. And uh, I think a guy who is a great example is Jamar Chase. Now, my model likes Jamar Chase, and it likes him a lot. But Jamar Chase has, you know, the kind of profile where he can be number one on this list. And spoil I'm just going to spoil, spoil this a little bit. He's not. He's not number one. He's a little bit lower down. Um, the model still loves him. But it, it dings him a little bit because he is a, an elite deep threat. Um, but because he was an elite deep threat in college, um, and he is, you know, really good in all these areas that correlate, that, that like these specialized deep threats are also good in, he, he, he takes a hit there. Um, and, that, and, and so it, it lowers his overall score, which is probably a bit unfair. Uh, but that's a blind spot for my model. And because of this, I've thought about creating a model for receivers who are like under six feet, um, under six feet tall, and a model for receivers who are six feet tall and above uh, to see if that would change anything and give us better results. Um, I, I'll, I'll think about doing that later on. Um, but just before I get into the results, I wanted to talk about that because... Um, I don't think the results of my wide receiver model are amazing. I don't think they're bad, but I don't think they're amazing. 
and that's why. It kind of, it, it struggles um, with guys who are a blend of, like, this deep threat receiver and this, you know, big slot, agile uh, route runner um, who can uh, carry a high volume of targets. But without further ado, let's get into my wide receiver model, the results of it, and see who my who my model views as the best wide receiver prospects since 2014. And number one, we have Drake London, um, who I mentioned a second ago. He, his profile is really good. Um, he's not a great athlete, but in college, yeah, he you know had a, a super high volume of receptions. Um, had a ton of receiving yards or, or averaged a ton of receiving yards per game during his final season. He's huge. He's agile. Um, he was drafted inside the top 10 and he was young coming out. Uh, so that's why he is at number one. And then at number two, we have Sammy Watkins. Um, and we actually have two receivers who are tied with a model score of 99. And that's Sammy Watkins and Corey Davis. Um, who were both really good prospects coming out, who were also very high picks. Both of these guys were picked inside the top five. And then at number four, we had Brandon Cooks, who was a top 20 pick. And he was another guy who was really, really good in college at Oregon State. Um, he had a model score of 98. And then we have another guy with a model score of 98. And that's Amari Cooper, a dominant player at Alabama. Super productive. Um, and like all the guys at the top of this list, um, he, he's a guy who averaged a ton of receiving yards per game during his final season, also averaged a ton of receptions per game, um, at, um, at Alabama. So shout out to him. And then we got two guys with a model score of a 97. That's Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith, who came out in 2021, both of those guys were studs in college. Then we got two guys with a model score of 96. That's Mike Abbott, Mike Evans. Wow. Mike Evans and Devontae Adams. Um, both of those players had super strong starts in their NFL careers. They were really good. Um, they were both super productive in college. Devontae Adams, his production at Fresno State is ridiculous. Like, out of this world good. He also had really good um, combine numbers in terms of his agility drills. Um, let me look and see. Um, yeah. Like he had he had um, an 82nd percentile three cone, which is really good. And my model cares about that a lot. Um, now, my database is uh, crashing. So let me fix this real quick. And get this back. Let's go. Come on. Let's get the show back on the road here. Alright. So we're back. Um, after Devontae Smith. Or Devontae Smith. After Devontae Adams. Um, at number 10 we got Corey Coleman. Um, who was a an awesome prospect coming out. I've seen a lot of statistical models um, over the years. Um, and every single one loves Corin Coleman. Now, Corin Coleman didn't work out in the NFL, um, but he was a dominant prospect in college. Um, Kevin White is up here at 11, another guy who didn't quite work out at, in the NFL, um, but he was super good in college. And then at number 12, we have Cooper Cup, 
um, who was drafted in the third round. But my model loved him. Um, his production was insane in college. Um, his production was out of this world, and he's agile. Um, and I mentioned earlier, my model loves that that archetype of receiver, and that's why it loves uh, Corey Cup or uh, Cooper Cup so much. Then at number thirteen, we got Elijah Moore. Number fourteen, we got Marquise Brown, and number fifteen, we got Devontae Parker. Also, uh, another guy I want to mention. Number sixteen, we got uh, Andy Isabella who was really productive in college, and, I, and he's another guy that um, looks really good according to like every uh, statistical model that I've seen over the years, so I'm not too surprised that he uh, ranks as high. Of course, he didn't. he's another guy who didn't really work out um, in the NFL. Now let's look at, at the bottom of this list and see some guys my model uh, that my model did not like. That's um, guys like Keith Mumphrey, Cornell Powell, Isaiah McKenzie, KJ Osborne, Hunter Renfro. That's kind of a miss. Hunter Renfro has been pretty good in the NFL. Amir Smith, Marset, Darnell Mooney, another guy um, who's been pretty good. Uh, Trevor Davis, Darius Slayton, Jehu Chesson or Chesson, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, and uh, MVS is another guy who's had a solid start to his career. Not amazing, uh, but not bad whatsoever. He's been pretty good. Uh, so a few misses here at, at the bottom, um, which we didn't really see with my quarterback and my running back model. Um, and, and that's like, like I said earlier, my receiver model isn't nearly as good as my quarterback and my running back model. Uh, but it's still solid um, and, and not terrible. I just, I wouldn't take this um, as like gospel. Um but I do think it is a solid, solid model. All right, moving on to tight ends. Um, tight end is a, a, a much different position than a wide receiver um, in terms of like what matters at the position. For tight ends, production doesn't matter nearly as much as it does for receivers. What matters for tight ends mostly is like athleticism. Um, and, 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 and specifically in terms of athleticism, like speed and explosiveness matters as well as like size. Um, uh, so let's go ahead and look at the results of my tight end model. So at number one, we have Kyle Pitts, um, 100 percentile prospect according to my model. Or did I say that right? 100th percentile prospect according to my model um, because he was super productive in college. He's a freak athlete. He was drafted high, and he was super young coming out. He was 20 years old when he was drafted, which is absolutely ridiculous. I love that. Um, I loved him coming out, and my model did as well. And number two, we have Evan Ingram from Mississippi. Really, really good prospect who has had a solid start to his career. And then at number three, we have Eric Ebron. Um, another guy who had a solid start to his career hasn't been amazing, but hasn't been bad whatsoever. At number four, we have Jace Amaro, um, a big miss from my model. Uh, during the first four years of his career, he had an approximate value of just four. Um, so he did not work out at the next level and my model liked him a lot. And then at number five, we have David Njoku. At number six, we have TJ Hawkinson. Number seven, we have Trey McBride. Number eight, we got 
Dallas Goddard, number nine, Gerald Everett, and number 10, uh, Greg Dulcich. And then just outside of those guys, um, we have Noah Fant at number 11, Hunter Henry at number 12, Jay Sternberger at number 13, Hayden Hurst at number 14, and OJ Howard at number 15. So those are the uh, top 15 tight ends from the last 10 drafts, according to my own tight end model. Um, and then we'll take a look at the guys who are at the bottom of my tight end model. Those are guys like CJ Uzuma, uh, Tegan um, Quiteriano, Noah Gray, Dalton Keene, Luke Farrell, Dalton Schultz, Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, Jesse James, and Nick Vanette. Not a lot of misses here. Uh, there are a few guys my model missed on a little bit, and that's Jesse James and um, Dalton Schultz. Both of those guys have had solid starts to their, to their careers. But other than that, there aren't many big misses at the bottom uh, of my model. One guy that my model did miss on, and this is a pretty bad miss, um, and that's George Kittle. Um, George Kittle was a great, wasn't very productive in college as a receiver, but he was a freak athlete. Um, and like I said earlier, athleticism is king when it comes to tight end prospects. Um, and I think the fact that he was drafted in the fifth round hurt him in my model. <clears throat> but um, the fact that he was such a great athlete was a very strong signal that he was a good player. Um, or that he had the potential to become a good player at the next level. Alright, let me get another drink here. <clears throat> and let's close out this podcast talking about the offensive line prospects. Let's go ahead and move on. Talk about interior offensive linemen. Um, now, for all the offensive line prospects in my database, we do not have, you know, stats. We do not have production for them. But we do have combine measurements. And my, my models for my offensive linemen include, you know, uh, draft capital, their draft age, um, their combine measurements, um, and that's pretty much it. That's all it includes. So it's a very simple model, and the results are not perfect, but they're not as bad as you might expect, considering they only use combine data and draft capital, um, and draft age, of course. Um, so let's go ahead and go through it, starting off with interior offensive linemen. At number one, we have Chris Lindstrom, um, who wasn't the best performing player uh, in my database. Um, he had, for the first four years of his career, he had an approximate value of 27. So he was good, but he wasn't the best, but still a really good prospect, and I think it's good that my model liked him. Then at number, tw uh, number two, we have Quentin Nelson. At number three, we have Zion Johnson. Number four, Cameron Irving. Um, and then Zion, so Chris Lindstrom had a model score of 100. Quentin Nelson had a model score of 99. And then Zion Johnson and Cameron Irving had a model score of 98 each. At number five, we have uh, Jonah Williams with a model score of 97. Elijah Bear Tucker at six. Uh, Frank Ragnall at number seven. Garrett Bradbury, number eight. Zach Martin, number nine. Cesar Ruiz, number 10. Uh, Ryan Kelly, number 11. Cole Strange, number 12. Kenyon Green, number 13. Billy Price, number 14. And Tyler Linderbaum Linder 
number 15. So not a lot of misses here at the at the top of this list. Um, and we'll scroll down um, and look at the bottom of this list. So at the bottom, we have Danny, Isadora, Johnny Urschel, Spencer uh, Drango, Wesley Johnson, Isaac Asiata, uh, Cyril Richardson, Christian Westerman, Luke Wattenberg, Nick Harris, and Jermaine Illuminor. Sorry, I butchered that name really badly. It's funny, a lot of the guys at the bottom of this list have names that are hard to pronounce. Um, Not a lot of misses at the bottom of this list. Uh, There were two guys that my model missed out on, and that's uh, Corey Lindsley and Wyatt Teller. Um, I think a a reason why is because they were drafted in the fifth round. Um, And draft capital matters a lot for my offensive line models. Um, So I think that's why those guys ranked so low. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to offensive tackles. And this will be the the end of the podcast. After we get done with this position... Uh, that'll close out this episode of the podcast. Um, so let, let's close this out with a bang. Um, like I said earlier, uh, this model includes draft capital, draft age, um, and combine uh, measurements. So let's go through the list. At number one, we have Greg Robinson, who was a super high draft pick coming out, a dominant athlete, huge player. Um, so he, he had a model score of 100. And then at number two, we have Eric Flowers uh, with a model score of 99. Then we got um, two guys with a model score of 98, and that's Brandon Scherf and Panay Sewell. Um, Brandon Scherf was really good at the beginning of his career with, a, with an approximate value of 32 through his first four seasons. Um, then at number five, we have Andrew Thomas. Um, and then and Andrew Thomas had a model score of 96. And there's another guy with a model score of 96, and that is Evan Neal. Uh, then, at, then at number 7, we have Jake Matthews. At number 8, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Stanley. Number 9, Makai Becton. Number 10, Inka McQuanu. Number 11, Jack Conklin. Number 12, Mike McGlinchey. Number 13, Taylor Luan. Number 14, Jedrick Wills Jr. And number 15, Rashawn Slater. And then at the bottom of the list, we have... Jamarco Jones, David Edwards, Cole Toner, Braxton Jones, um, Roderick Johnson, Brendan James, and Tommy Doyle. We also have Hala, um, Hala Poi Lavati uh, Vate from TCU in 2016. I know I butchered that name, and I'm sorry for that. Um, there were a few misses at the bottom. Seems like there are more misses in my offensive tackle model than my interior offensive line model. And some of the guys it missed out, it missed out on at the bottom um, are guys like David Edwards and Braxton Jones. Another guy it missed out on was Joe Haig from North Dakota State. And let's see if there... And there really aren't that many misses at the top, which is good. There are some misses at the bottom, at the bottom though. And that stinks, but like I said earlier... My models aren't perfect, um, but I don't think they're bad. I think they're solid, but they are not perfect. And there we go. That wraps it up. That's uh, the results of my models for all the offensive players in my NFL draft model. Um, I think the results were pretty good, um, better than I could have hoped for. I think the, I think this turned out to be really, really good. 
And I'm excited to see where the 2023 class stands up uh, am- amongst all the prospects uh, going back to the 2014 draft. Um, I hope y'all really enjoyed this, and I hope y'all found this information valuable. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make this uh, model public. Um, I'll consider it. I probably won't, but um, I'll, I'll be pub- publishing this information on Twitter and my own website and this podcast. Um, so all the information included in this model will make its way out into the world somewhere. Um, it just may not be uh, available uh, for all the world to see. Um, but let me know what y'all think about this model on social media. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at the Ryan McCreary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. And if you want to check out more content from me, you can check out my website at thewiresports.com. You can, che- you can check out my YouTube channel at The Wire. Um, and you, like I said earlier, uh, or like I said a, um, a second ago, you can check, hit me up on social media. Uh, I'm always talking sports on Twitter and Instagram, so go check me out there. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Next time, we'll be, we'll be breaking down all the defensive uh, players in my model. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, let me know what y'all think of this model um, and ways you think it can be improved. Um, but like I said, hope y'all enjoyed it, and I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>